From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, we are back and better than ever. Yes, welcome to In Black and Right, the post-hurricane Idalia edition. Uh, we are not only the new definition of color commentary, but yesterday we were awarded and, and, for, and I was informed of the news that In Black and Right is one of the top 20, top 20 of black conservative podcasts on the internet. I thought, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I thought this was a cruel joke, to be perfectly honest. But, uh, but nope. A, uh, a website called Feedspot, F-E-E-D-S-P-O-T dot com has ranked us in the top 20 of uh, black conservative podcasters. We came in at number 16 out of 20. But hey, considering how many podcasts there are out there, to make the top 20 is a huge honor. I mean, a huge honor. Uh, you can go to inblackandright.net, our website. Uh, we have a link there just saying, hey, we have been named uh, one of the top 20, and it is a great honor. And we've done it in less than two years. Uh, we're, we're in the better part of two years. Uh, January 3rd will be our two-year anniversary on, on, in 2024. And wow. This is a huge honor. It really is. And thank you to the folks at Feedspot. Uh, like I said, you can just go to our website, inblackandright.net. It's right near the top there. You don't have to scroll very far. Check it out, folks. And also, tell your friends. You know, we're always looking to grow. We're looking for new ways to grow uh, and to support the show. We have our online store. Uh, also, we've had um, our uh, a way to donate. We have a donate button on the upper right corner of the website on all the pages. Ugh, excuse me. But we've been away uh, for a little over a week, uh, primarily because of Hurricane Idalia. Now, Hurricane Idalia, uh, when it came up the Gulf Coast of Florida and it made a turn in the Big Bend region uh, Apalachicola, Cedar Key uh, places like that and they got hit pretty dang hard uh, but then when it made landfall as a Cat 3 it did lose a little bit of oomph uh, a little bit of its energy because it was uh, on land but it came right straight for North Central Florida uh, where uh, my home studio is and it did a number on on 
the town I live in and throughout the county I live in. Uh, Suwannee County, Florida. Oh my goodness. It was the very first time I had gone through a hurricane. Uh, I was a civilian uh, responder working with uh, faith-based NGOs. Uh, We would usually come in after the damage, but to be right in the middle of it was a whole new perspective for me. Whole new perspective. And oh my goodness, this is pretty crazy. But we, it, the damage was, of course, extensive. I mean, very extensive. Down trees, down power lines, uh, homes that had trees that fell on them, cars that had trees fall on them. It, it was a, essentially a huge mess. <laughs> okay, it was a huge mess. And. Uh, oh my goodness sorry about that folks but anyway but yeah so it hit um, the town I live in uh, and just did a number Uh, I had lost power and running water because a lot of the a lot of the houses here run on wells on well water and they have generators that need electricity and so forth. So we were down for over a week. We just got our power and water and internet back uh, just a couple of days ago, uh, Wednesday morning. And so that is when I started going to work to get the place back in order to get the studio set, make sure our our, our internet is working at its best and now after all that work we are back and I am absolutely happy to be back to talk with you the members of the coalition because man oh man it was hard for me to you know try to track the news but I couldn't really do much of anything uh, except on a very limited basis uh, with my phone. Um, That was pretty nuts. Uh, I'll have to admit that. Uh, But we are back. Life is good. And And with this new honor of being named in the top 20 of black conservative podcasters on the entirety of the internet, that's that's the mind blower. Uh, because there are a lot of other uh, black conservative podcasters like myself. We, we kind of have our own niche, if you will. But to be in the top 20 in less than two years is a mind blower. And it's really a tribute to all of you guys who have supported us when uh, we went to uh, see, C-SPAN last year in uh, Orlando and in Dallas. Um, didn't go to CPAC uh, this year, but we're looking to go next year. Uh, but having the chance to go to Charlie Kirk and Turning Point USA's Action Conference uh, down in West Palm Beach back in July, that was, on. it was amazing, a lot of work, but I am definitely glad to be back and behind the microphone to talk to 
all of you great folks who help the country work, and for those of you who have supported us in our work, thank you from the bottom of my heart and with the most sincere of thanks. And we're, which means we're going to have one heck of a 2024, that is for sure. Uh, I, <laughs> oh my goodness. But speaking of which, let's kind of get into it, folks. Now, we've got Congress coming back next week. And, oh, yuck. Kevin McCarthy is going to have a whole lot of problems. <laughs> and certainly one person who's willing to tell the truth on this one is Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson. And with the Uniparty, uh, that's in full control of what's going on in terms of spending and appropriations. I mean, my gosh, this is going to be a nasty, and I do mean nasty, uh, September and probably for the rest of the entire year. Now, McCarthy, you know, he's about really to show his true colors on this. Because remember, folks, this is the same Kevin McCarthy who negotiated this supposed debt deal, which really screwed the House conservatives and screwed the American people because it's not a one-year deal. He came and gave them a two-year deal so it wouldn't interfere with the presidential election next year. And, what's, and that's bad enough, but just recently looking at all of these uh, budget and economics experts, we are now at a $2 trillion, $2 trillion deficit. People warned, I mean, I, to a lesser degree, warned about this, but people like Steve Bannon of the War Room uh, and many of the other economics folks that he brings on, like uh, Dave Bratt from uh, Liberty University, uh, uh, folks in the Heritage Foundation, people like uh, Dr. E.J. Antoni, they warned us. They warned us months ago that this was a mess. $2 trillion deficits in perpetuity. And now, with the congressional recess uh, just about over, they're bringing them back in next week. Ooh, baby. Hold on to your socks because now I think it'll be Tuesday that they'll bring them in. They're going to only have less than three weeks, less than three weeks to actually come up with regular order and in appropriations. Now, a lot of McCarthy's uh, little buddies, uh, you know, is. Uh, well, I don't know what, what you would call them. But I'm willing to bet you that a lot of these supposed Republicans, when they returned home to their districts, got a double-barreled earful and got lit up. And that's where things are going to get real interesting. 
is McCarthy, if he's going to try to come up with some sort of a deal that gives you regular order, you know, the people say, oh, we'll fix it in the appropriations, we'll fix it in... It's like, you line sacks of manure. You are line sacks of horse manure, and you knew it was a lie. When it came out of your mouths, McCarthy is essentially looking to Schumer and Mitch, the son of a <clears throat> McConnell, who's had another recent brain freeze right in front of the media and the public. This is going to be interesting. It's like they're kind of figuring, well, we're just going to have a continuing uh, continuing resolution up until uh, about either the end of this year or the first part of next year and then we'll come up with an omnibus bill that's what happened the last time duh did you not remember that speaker mccarthy you dupus come on get real buddy if you do another continuing resolution another cr your next problem is going to be and there are people ready to go um like florida's own matt gates he's ready to come after you buddy make the motion to vacate the chair and run for speaker and you with your other little uniparty buddy akeem jeffries that piece of crap from new york he's essentially going to be the majority leader even though he's a democrat so, yeah, you're going to basically set yourself up, uh, Mr. Speaker, to basically say, hey, do you care about the American people and all the deals you made to get to the speakership? I mean, literally, it went 15 rounds of voting. Or do you pretty much, all right, okay, here's Matt Gates. Make and he's going to try to go for speaker, and you're going to have to make a deal with your democrat friends to keep your job. That is not going to be fun to watch. That is for damn sure. Oh my 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 my. Now and here we go again. McCarthy under pressure had to make good on his promises that he made with in regards to the footage from January 6th. And again, Matt Gates and the Freedom Caucus led the way and put pressure on him just like, hey, let's go get let's get this out let's get this done. You know, because McCarthy made an awful lot of promises along the way to becoming speaker and now it's time to pay up mr speaker it's more than enough time to pay up and especially when i mean january 6th is important and i will not demean its importance but you got a bigger fight on your hands when it comes to appropriations and spending and essentially who are you going to listen to are you going to listen to all the billionaire mega donors? 
and your other uniparty friends? Or are you going to actually do right by the American people and to the House Freedom Caucus? Because you blow this, Mr. Speaker. You blow this, Speaker McCarthy. You're going to have to now come up with a way to keep your job. And, oh, baby, that's going to be real tricky because you're not going to be able to do it without Democrat votes. And what are you willing to offer them in exchange for those votes? Time will be the great determiner. So, yeah, see you, buddy. This could get interesting. I mean, we're only on the 8th of September. We have 22 days. Midnight, September 30th, is the end of the fiscal year. Now, what is McCarthy going to do? I mean, forget the Senate for right now. Between Schumer and McConnell, I mean, they are two peas in a very twisted pod, and they don't give a rat's brew end about the American people anyway, or any sort of physical responsibility forget that 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 that's out of here but what is going to happen in the house because all appropriations begin in the house and that is the u.s constitution Ugh. i don't know i just don't know it's pretty crazy um what's going to be going on come next week and it's going to be vicious it's going to be vicious because the supposed Republicans and the media, they're going to blame you. That's right, you. You who make the country work. You who have been struggling to keep a roof over your head and food on the table, gas in your car, paying for utilities. I mean, and the list goes on. So I'm like, yeah, okay, loving that idea. <laughs> Next. Ay, 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 ay. Well, anyway. Uh, let's see, what's, what's next? Ah, oh, yes. I, I, I want to get to this before I really get into this whole mess with Georgia. But, well, our friend, the black bald buffoon of a mayor in New York City, Eric Adams, apparently has essentially raised the white flag and has conceded that New York City is done because of all the illegal immigration that, and all the illegal immigrants that have come into the Big Apple. And frankly, I'm glad because you see this, uh, <laughs> a little Bible study lesson here. In the Bible, it says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever you sow, you will reap. Now, Eric Adams is only the first to pretty much wave the white flag and surrender and he's all mad because Joe Biden and his regime 
aren't going to give them any money uh, to hold out, to expand um, facilities, and to give all these illegal immigrants all the freebies. And apparently, Governor Hochul, very democrat of New York State, she's not really in the mood to help either. Now, New York City is not the only one looking for a bailout, baby. No. How about Chicago? And another black buffoon, except this one's not bald. Brandon Johnson, the new mayor. Lori Lightfoot 2.0, except, you know, this is a guy. Now, already, the fact that uh, Johnson, Mayor Johnson, has put a lot of these illegal immigrants in the south side of Chicago. Ooh, that's bad enough. Um, and now the black folks there are pissed. They have just seen what all of their decades of allegiance to, uh, to Democrats has got them. They're putting them in the south side of Chicago and already, and, and the black folks are ticked off. I mean, it's already a war zone on a week, on any given weekend. Oh my gosh, I, I don't have the numbers from uh, Labor Day weekend, but you can pretty much guarantee that you have an awful lot of violence, awful lot of shootings in the south side of Chicago on top of trying to house all these illegal immigrants throughout the Chicagoland area and the suburbs have said, uh, no, thank you. And what's even worse about this, there are some, uh, and it never got reported, but there were some Chicago police precincts that had to be locked down because there were outbreaks of measles. A measles outbreak in Chicago? And all of these police precincts and stations were used as nothing more than shelters for these people? Woo, mata. And this is, this is exactly what you get, folks. And I'm not going to leave out the I'm not going to leave out the left coast either, California or California, depending on how you feel. They're just as bad. Los Angeles and Skid Row, please. Uh, San Francisco, you have to have it. There's an app that I heard, a friend uh, from a friend of mine, an app in San Francisco where they track where people have well taking a dump human feces tracking and you can get it on an app in the city of san francisco i'm thinking okay looks like i'm not going there anytime soon so yeah and throw of course let's throw in my the town i grew up in the city i grew up in portland oregon boy brain dead ted wheeler you, your hometown, that's where you were born, buddy. You were a dingbat in high school, and now you've let your hometown turn into a cesspool. A cesspool. Same with Seattle, a place I've also lived. So this, my friends, is a, what you, if you want to become 
a sanctuary city. Be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. And the man, New York City is showing why Democrat-run cities are run by idiots. The, I mean, what you have to do, and now, because you're coming up into an election season, Joe Biden's not giving y'all a dang thing. This is your problem. You asked for it. You got it. You have to deal with it. And you're not getting a federal bailout. Get over it. So, let's hear a little bit of uh, the great black hope of New York, Eric Adams. Support. And let me tell you something, New Yorkers. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. One time we were just in Venezuela. Now we're in Ecuador. Now we're in Russia speaking, coming through Mexico. Now we're in uh, Western Africa. Now we're getting people from all over the globe have made their minds up that they're going to come through the southern part of the border and come into New York City. And everyone is saying it's New York City's problem. Every community in this city is going to be impacted. We had a $12 billion deficit that we're going to have to cut. Every service in this city is going to be impacted. All of us. And so I say to you, as I turn it over to you, this is some, some of the most educated, some of the most knowledgeable, probably more of my commissioners and deputy commissioners and chiefs live in this community. So as you ask me a question about migrants, tell me what role you played. How many of you organized to stop what they're doing to us? How many of you were part of the movement to say, we're seeing what this mayor is trying to do, and they're destroying New York City. It's going to come to your neighborhoods. All of us are going to be impacted by this. I said it last year when we had 15,000. I'm telling you now, with 110,000, the city we knew, we're about to lose. And we're all in this together. All of us. Staten Island said, send them out to Manhattan. Manhattan is saying, send them out to Queens. Queens is saying, send them out to Brooklyn. <laughs> is that the game we can play? Open the floor up. Well, well, well. Certainly impassioned, to be sure, Mayor Adams. But you're the one who made New York a sanctuary city. You. You only. Now, you can blame Governor Abbott down in Texas as much as you want. You can blame other Republican governors as you wish. But you've got to remember, you know, this sort of hot game of hot potato. Now, granted, yeah, down in Texas, they have their own set of problems. But, you know, if it's not people like you 
Mayor Adams, or you, Mayor Johnson in Chicago, or all the other mayors that are in Democrat cities, you may you were the attraction. California especially. I mean, King Gavin the Gruesome Newsom made the whole stinking state a sanctuary state. And people who are able to get the heck out of there, they are leaving in droves. They're leaving places like Illinois in droves, New Jersey in droves, New York State in droves. And, it, and a special word to Illinois, uh, to J.B. Prickster, who made, who had the brilliant suggestion of making illegal immigrants, making it possible for them to become law enforcement officers. Oh, the irony is just rich. You're letting people who are criminals, illegal immigrants coming into your, coming into the country, coming into your state, you're going to make people who've broken the law, giving them the opportunity to become law enforcement? OMG! That, the irony of that is so sick and so twisted, and every single law enforcement officer I know, whether they're active duty, whether they're former, or they're even retired, they're done. That, I mean, they're just I can't even repeat some of the language I've heard from them because I try to keep this a family show, but oh my gosh. This is in freaking sane. And people like Eric Adams, oh, oh my gosh, y'all are a mess. Ugh. But that's just on the issue of immigration. Now, I love the media in New York. They call them asylum seekers. That is such crap. I mean, come on. They're, 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 they're gaming the asylum system, but what they're really looking for is the jobs, the money, all the freebies. And at some point, I'm willing to bet you, if there's a problem with maybe the dollar goes digital or something like that, and these people are like, oops, we're done. You know, the, the golden goose is dead. And I don't care where you came from, but coming here, at so, it is not, I, I want to use a favorite word of the left. It's not sustainable. You cannot come, I mean, every state is a border state, every town's a border town. That is not just some fancy schmancy uh, saying or some cute little or some cute little talking point. It is real. It is very real. I mean, they, they'll even, it's not just Texas, it's not just Arizona or New Mexico and California. Heck, I've seen videos of illegal immigrants who come in on boats off the Florida coast. So even they're trying even Florida because 
you know, trying to run away and all that because I can assure you down here in the beautiful sunshine state of Florida, we ain't putting up with that crap. Nope, nope, nope. And you can get mad at DeSantis if you want to. I mean, I'm mad at him for different reasons, but hey, mm-mm, no, 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 no. Sorry, we're done here. We we be done here. And <laughs> oh my gosh, don't even don't don't even start. So let's see. Moving on. Oh yes, another uh, goofball who's got some serious dang nerve is former Vice President Mike Pence. Now, Pence, a couple days ago, made a speech at St. Anselm's College in New Hampshire talking about the siren song of populism. Excuse you, uh, Mr. Vice President? Uh, no. Uh, I, I just got to play this. This was the, uh, Mike Pence on Fox News the other day. Um, it's just a short, um, it's a short uh, segment, but you gotta hear this. This is insane. And one of the lines you're set to deliver is that, are we going to follow the siren song of populism away from the timeless conservative principles of the Republican Party? Uh, right. To whom are you referring? Right. Well, look, I, 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 you look at this Republican field whether it's uh, my former running mate or some of his imitators. And uh, there is a push uh, in this Republican primary to, to move us away from our party's historic commitment to American leadership on the world stage, to a commitment to fiscal responsibility and reform in the face of a massive national debt crisis. Uh, and many of those people I shared the stage with, including my former running mate who wasn't there, want to marginalize the right to life and relegate it to a state's only issue. Okay, <clears throat> Mr. Vice President, you're a wolf. You've been proven to be a wolf in sheep's clothing. You care more about the Ukraine than you do the U.S. We've got real problems here, and you're just taking on that nice sort of Midwestern, you know, um, you know all sort of Mr. Statesman. Gag me. Gag me. You are an absolute fraud, sir. This is why I love it when Steve Bannon calls you Judas Pence. Your former running mate? Uh, excuse you. Uh, you were the, you were number two on the ticket. Not Donald Trump. Okay, and you did it, and you said it twice, my former running mate. That's, that's arrogance right there, number one, you little snot. Number two, give you look at the recent polling. Donald Trump owns you and everybody else in the Republican field. He owns you. He's living rent-free in all of your heads. And this whole nonsensical thing of these debates, 
please, you can have 10, 20 debates. And, you're, and none of you are going to get any closer to Donald Trump than anybody else. Nobody. None of you. Not you, Mr. Vice President. Not Chris Christie. Not Asa Hutchinson. Not Nikki Haley. Not Tim Scott. None of you. Because Trump is beating your drum in every single stinking poll for the primary. He's beating all of you combined. Please, 40, 50, 60 points. Pulling about 60 points in the Republican primary. And you're sitting there on your lofty perch, sir, to say that, well, we've abandoned our conservative principles. Excuse me. Populism is apparently here and it's here to stay it's not just in the republican party it's in the democrats as well then this is why the dnc is doing everything in their power to stop rfk jr and his populist message it's not quite the same as trump but apparently neither party the rnc the dnc seems to have any sort of love or respect for populists, and yet the America First folks, uh, MAGA folks, they want the, they are constitutionalists, they are conservative, and yet you're just sitting there with that smug smile, and trying to tell them, oh well, I am, th I am this, I am, oh please, spare me. If you had, if you were considered a, the real deal, you would have had. A much 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 better polling much better but you're not and you and people like Hutchinson it's like well there you're not convinced that uh, Donald Trump is going to be the nominee it's like wait 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 a minute folks uh, yeah I'm sorry but I, I what have you been smoking I mean, seriously, what have you been smoking? Because I'll tell you this. I will absolutely tell you this. As it stands now, <laughs> and as far, and if you're putting your faith and hope in this movement trying to use the 14th Amendment to take Trump off the ballot, mm-mm. No, 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 no. As a matter of fact, once again, and it's not, let's see, it's not very long. Let's read the 14th Amendment, Section 3, that you guys, all you sick, twisted people want to put your legal hopes on? Now, Listen carefully. No per this is 14th Amendment section 3. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office civil or military under the United States or under any state 
who having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States that shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid and comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may vote by a two by a vote of two thirds of each house removing such disability. Okay. We've got that. Now, please tell me. Now it's senators are mentioned, uh, congressmen are mentioned, but the only time you ever see president in there has to deal with the electors of a president and a vice president, not the president himself or herself. Doesn't matter. This is Constitution 101. And this novel legal little legal theory that these sick, twisted lawyer types are wanting to try to use and Republicans are trying to get uh, in Colorado, six of them are trying to get Trump off the primary ballot. Uh-uh. Your, your 14th Amendment strategy is doomed because the president is not mentioned. Senators are mentioned. Members of Congress are mentioned. U.S. House. Uh, state legislators are mentioned. Electors of presidents, but not the president himself. Okay? This is why you don't get it. You just don't get it. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to, and it's going to be fun to see people like Jonathan Turley, great constitutional uh, lawyer and scholar, and you've got Alan Dershowitz, two guys who are not MAGA, not by a long shot. But yet, they've, they've spoken about this, and it's just, ah! Ay, 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 ay. So, yeah, I'm just going to go and just say, yeah. Y'all pretty much don't have a snowball's chance. Now, and as far as Mike Pence is concerned, you can go on Fox. I mean, I know you're pretty much buddies with uh, Rupert Murdoch. But it's not going to help you, dude. Not going to help you. But another twisted um, uh, situation uh, has to do with the current trial right now, the impeachment trial of Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. And believe you me, some of this is absolutely just mind-boggling. It makes you want to bang your head against the wall because Paxton is pretty much being rail trying to be railroaded because uh, he supported Trump and Trump ended the Bush dynasty. Now George P. Bush, I mean pretty much the last Bush that's around, I mean he was supposed to be the establishment's golden boy. And in the primary, Ken Paxton 
kicked his ass by a huge margin. And apparently the Bushes never seemed to forgive him, uh, Paxton for that, and he got Trump support. And the grassroots folks in Texas uh, catapulted him by a huge margin. I mean, what? I think it was like maybe over 20 points uh, as, uh, as the Attorney General. Now, of course, you got to throw in with the Bush cadre, and that includes Karl Rove. They want him gone. Today's, uh, today's story headline right in the Gateway Pundit. Ken Paxton accuser and his bushy cohorts went to, F went to FBI to report on Paxton without any evidence of wrongdoing. Any evidence. Now, I'm like, okay. Well, this is going to get really stinking interesting. So, I, I got to play this. This is from the impeachment trial of Ken Paxton. The person who is being questioned is a guy named Ryan Vasser. And Paxton's attorney absolutely just makes him look stupid. I mean, seriously stupid. So let's go to this. And I want to play it. It's a, I know it's a little long, like four minutes, but this is indicative of what's going on down in the great state of Texas. You had a good faith belief in certain information, but you didn't know that Kim Paxton had disclosed anything to anyone when you made this report to the FBI, did you? No, no. You were hoping the FBI would sort it out for you and not think that you were co-conspirators with him, correct? No. The purpose of the, the complaint to the FBI was because we had formed a belief in good faith that the Attorney General was involved in criminal activity. This is something that I keep hearing over and over again. We formed a good, we formed, let me make sure I get it right, formed a good faith belief that the Attorney General of this state was engaged in illegal activity. Did I say that right? That's accurate. But you didn't know, right? Well, that, you didn't know, right? That's the, the, that's the point of the good faith belief is we had no evidence that we could point to, but we had reasonable conclusions that we could draw. You went to the FBI and reported the Attorney General of this state with no evidence. Do I have that correct? We reported the facts to the FBI. That's not my question. You had no evidence that Kim Paxton had done anything illegal. Did you? Your Honor, it's not necessary to yell at this witness. I suggest it's disrespectful. I request he quit doing it. I apologize. Let me do this again at a lower volume. Madam Court Reporter, would you read my question back for me, please? At an appropriate volume. Stream over there. Hold on. Let me ask this question again. 
me get this straight. You went to the FBI and reported him for potential crimes without any evidence. Do I have that correct? Uh, we went to the FBI and reported. Please answer my question. Yes, our no. belief that criminal activity had occurred. That was not my question. Witness needs to answer the question. Yes or no? Should I ask it again, Mr. Vassar? Please. I want to get this straight. You went to the FBI on September 30th with your compatriots and reported the elected attorney general of this state for a crime without any evidence. Yes? That's right. We took no evidence. Oh, ho, ho, ho. I, I just wanted to stop right there. Dude. Oh, baby. This is not going well if you happen to be a part of the Bush cadre, you cannot be liking this. Here is a guy, Ryan Vassar, and a whole bunch of his uh, buddies, his Bush buddies, going to the FBI, make, charge, making accusations against the duly elected Attorney General of Texas, with not one shred of evidence. And this dingbat prosecutor said, oh, you need to stop yelling at him. It's like, whatever. But it came, whether it was a whisper quiet or yelling at the top of your lungs, this guy, Ryan Vassar, under oath on the stand, just shot a big honking hole in the case. A huge hole. Well, we didn't... No. You went to the FBI, made accusations against the Attorney General with no evidence. There's your key. And he admitted to it under oath on the stand with the Lieutenant Governor of Texas <laughs> uh, presiding over this. This is beautiful. This is absolutely beautiful to hear and to watch. Now, I'll probably do it again when I'm on Monday or maybe even tomorrow uh, because I want to be able to do this and, and to show it to people so that they can see for themselves how much the Bush cadre and Karl Rove and all these other establishment Republicans in the Texas Senate how messed up and truly pathetic and corrupt they really are because they don't like Ken Paxton because he went after, he questioned the election in 2020. That was supposed to be the landmark case, the gold standard, Texas versus, you know, about for Texas. And it's like, and when the Supreme Court didn't have the stones to hear the case, Apparently, Bush, Rove, and all their buddies in Texas pretty much said, we're going to teach this guy a lesson. Well, apparently a key witness under oath before the Texas Senate pretty much said, we reported him, but we didn't have any evidence. Nothing. And, the, and previously these people weren't put under oath. They could just sit a lie at their leisure. Now... Uh, not so much. And I love that. I, I loved hearing that. 
I hope you did too, but ugh. But I can't go uh, do do a show today without bringing in Georgia into the mix. Now, Fanny Willis is essentially going to be a mess. We know that there are all kinds of problems with her case because she is a trained circus animal for the radical left. But apparently, whoo, here's a little something from another gateway pundit uh, story. Headline, quote, Fanny Willis, I think she's the criminal. And that came from Greg Kelly uh, on his show on Newsmax because Greg Kelly revealed evidence that the exonerate that exonerates the Republican Georgia electors and it was ignored by Willis. But what can but is this really something that's uh kind of new? Not really. Uh the whole Georgia case has more holes in it than Swiss cheese. Now this is interesting, and I want to play uh, what Greg Kelly said. I believe it was last night on his Newsmax program, but let's take a look, or at least take a listen. David James Schaffer committed the felony offense of impersonating a public officer by unlawfully falsely holding themselves out as the duly elected and qualified presidential electors with intent to mislead the President of the United States Senate into believing that they actually were such officers by placing in the United States mail to said persons document titled Certificate of the Votes of the 2020 Electors from Georgia. Now, here's the thing. Fannie Willis, uh, <laughs> she's got evidence. We know the discovery process has already started and we know what she has. We know a portion of it at least. And there's a transcript from a meeting of the Georgia electors, the Republicans. And Schaffer points out that President Trump has filed a, con a contest. He's contesting uh, the returns. That contest is pending and has not been decided or even heard by any judge with authority to hear it. Now, in that case, he goes on to say, and so in order to preserve his rights, it's important that the Republican nominees for presidential elector meet here today and cast their votes. It's a contingency, right? If he prevails in court, if he wins that election, and at that point, it was still up in the air, this is totally valid. This is what's called politics. This is not a, impersonating a public officer. That's when somebody buys a cop uniform and starts pulling over people to get their kicks. This is not that. And it's such a shame. David Schaefer, or Schaffer, I'm sorry. Good luck to you, sir. Uh, Fanny Willis, I think she's the criminal. And we'll be in December. <laughs> oh, oh, man. You know, I have to, in a way, agree with Greg Kelly on this one. Because given some of the things that she's done that are just not cool, not right, and in some cases not legal, you know, prosecutorial misconduct, anybody? Anybody? 
Because I'll tell you this. It, we're in the discovery phase of this, as Greg Kelly noted. How much more are we going to discover? I mean, you've had Mark Meadows, uh, former White House Chief of Staff, trying to get uh, his case transferred to federal court uh, with no success so far. Uh, Trump has made it clear that he's going to send his, try to get his uh, transferred to federal court. I don't know if that's the case, but there, I mean, and of course, let's not forget, and, and I'm happy to report, Harrison Floyd, the only black guy who was arrested along with the other 18 in this, who was denied bail, fortunately, praise God, he's out. I mean, I don't even know why he was even stuck in the Fulton County Jail, apparently, People have this really bad habit there of dying, and now you've got the only black guy in the uh, in the Trump indictment, and he's there, lounge, you know, languishing because some messed up judge. I mean, this is exactly why a lot of black men are going to vote for Trump because they know what it's like to get screwed by the same two-tier justice system that's he get that he's getting screwed by. Oh my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. That's like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in that case, but everybody knows what the deal is. And I'm going, "Okay. This is going to be fun. This is going to be absolutely fun from now until the end of the year because it's going to be a busy one. It's going to definitely be a busy one and I will do my best um, as your baby-faced assassin of freedom to keep up with this, to keep you informed and tell you the things that the mainstream media don't have the guts, the integrity, or much of anything else to tell you. And in the meantime, now that we are back in business, um, you can always uh, check us out, send us email at inblackandright at gmail.com. Uh, also, of course, inblackandright.net, our website. Uh, please check out our online store. Uh, you can also donate to our efforts uh, because at the rate we're going, oh man, we're going to be busy and we want to make sure we bring you quality content and and the truth with no apology so for now my friends i'm happy to be back it's really good to talk to you i know we've gone uh pretty much supersized again but hey we got a lot of catching up to do and who knows uh might end up doing a show to uh doing a round of shows tomorrow because the news ain't gonna stop that's for sure so folks have a fantastic uh, weekend and for my fellow Floridians here in North Central Florida uh, who still don't have power uh, just take care of yourselves uh, there's a lot of help available please go and seek that out and to take care of yourself and your families so as per usual thank you so much God bless you guys and always remember Patriots come in all colors.